Father, as we dive into your word this morning, I pray, I pray for you to open our hearts and our minds to receive that which you have for us, not from Scott, but from you, Holy Spirit, as we lift up Jesus in his name, amen. So we're in a series called Longing for Rest, and we're journeying with Moses and the children of Israel through what should have taken a two-week, two weeks to get to the promised land, took them 40 years, because they would just mess up and go another lap around the mountain and just another lap and some, you know, rabbit trail that they went on. And many of us are reading through uh, the scriptures cover to cover as we started after Easter, and we're in a reading plan by the Bible Project called The Story That Leads to Jesus. And so we're knee-deep in the Old Testament, and for a lot of people, maybe you've never really read through the Old Testament, I want to say this. As you read the Old Testament, read it with Emmaus eyes. And you say, well, what in the world do you mean by that? In Luke 24, on the road to Emmaus, Jesus was walking with some, some guys that had followed him, not his disciples, but some guys that had followed him. And he, they're, they're miserable thinking that he had died and their Savior had died, and they didn't recognize that it was the risen Jesus. And it says that Jesus opened their eyes and to, explained to them all about what the Old Testament, the, the law, the prophets, the Psalms meant about him, and that he came to fo- fulfill that. Forty years, Jesus walked as the, and appeared to people. That number 40 is very significant. That's the number of deliverance. And so he showed for 40 days that he had conquered death, sin, and the evil one. And so we've spent a lot of time in Genesis on Sundays because our reading plan and our messages aren't synced up. They will get, as we get closer to uh, the wintertime, that sounds terrible, it's only August, but... As we get closer to wintertime, but we're still in the Old Testament. We've spent a lot of time in Genesis, Exodus, and it's like the highlight reel, right? If you miss your team's game, you watch ESPN, and you get to see the highlights. That's kind of what we're doing. We're not going through every story. And today, we're going to look at a a famous passage out of the book of Numbers. And, And the book of Numbers is a book where the children of Israel get right close to the promised land, they're about to go in, and God instructs Moses to take a census or count the numbers of the people of the tribes of Israel. So we're going to talk about this famous passage of blessing. What does it mean to bless? I mean, when somebody does this, (laughs) we say, God bless you. He's not smoking. That's his stuff coming out of his nose and mouth as he sneezes. You can be grossed out. I was pretty grossed out, too. This picture was taken in the 1950s with some crazy camera. They were doing a, trying to see what actually happened when somebody sneezes. You can take that down. Because you know you don't want to do that in, on a plane right now, right? You get stared at like you have leprosy. Or if you're in a restaurant and you sneeze or, or have a cough or whatever. But people say, God bless you. The history of saying God bless you is kind of funny. Um, it goes all the way back basically, you know, 2,000 years ago at least, where people thought when you sneezed that your heart stopped and that your soul left your body. And so you'd say, God bless you, to kickstart the heart again and to get the soul back into that person's 
that person's body. How many big sneezers do we have in here? Like, you let it rip when you sneeze. I'm one of those people. Like, I drive Janelle nuts because I just blow the roof off the place. And then she sneezes, and I tease her, and it's, she's just like, you know, this little teeny thing. And I'm like, and let, it, let it out. But in all seriousness, t- to bless means a couple things. It means to consecrate, which means to set apart. To bless means to speak well of somebody. Somebody speaks well of you, you say, hey, man, that, that blessed me when you said that. To bless means to approve of something. Like, hey, I can bless that. To bless means to confer prosperity or happiness. To give favor or to give gifts. So the book of Numbers in this famous blessing. Now, God tells Moses what to tell Aaron and his sons. And Aaron and his sons were the priests. Priests mediated between God and the people. He says, tell Aaron... And his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. I want to spend the rest of the morning as we prepare for communion to just Break this down. Break down this blessing. What does it really mean and how can we look at it with New Testament eyes and have a deeper understanding of this ancient prayer, yet it's amazing and it's something that we can pray over each other. So the first part is the Lord, before we get into the rest. The Lord is the source of the blessing. He's the who of the blessing, even though Aaron or whoever says the blessing over somebody, we've got to remember the source. When you pray for somebody, it's not your prayers. It's the source of the Almighty that you're, that you're releasing into somebody's life. So Jesus is the blessing. He's the blessing. He's the source of the blessing. He's our high priest. We don't need Aaron or any other high priest to mediate between us and God, we have the Lord Jesus, who is, our, is the, way, the true mediator between God and man. So when you pray in Jesus' name, you're talking about the source of all creation, the source of all power, the source of all love. It says in 2 Peter, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Did you catch that? Everything we need. We lack nothing. We have everything we need for life and godliness. So we start with the Lord. The Lord and the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. You can switch to, yeah, there you go. The Lord bless you. What, what, what does he bless us with? What does God bless us with? Well, here's what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So Peter says we have everything we need for life and godliness because of Jesus. And Paul says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. All that is Jesus, 
All that is Christ, he has shared with us. Let me ask you a question. I was thinking about this. Does Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, these billionaires, do their kids wonder if there's going to be presents under the tree at Christmas? Do they wonder if there's going to be food on the table? Is their electricity bill going to be paid? They don't. We don't have any billionaires in this room or watching online as far as I know. If we do, the offering box is on your way out and uh, you can help us out here. But you know what? I'm looking at spiritual billionaires right here. You are a spiritual billionaire. Everything that is Christ, he has shared with you. You lack nothing. You are a spiritual billionaire as you put your faith and hope and trust in Jesus. We lack nothing. Christ has shared everything with us. The Lord bless you. So his blessing meets our deepest needs. Your deepest needs come from the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord bless you and keep you. For him to keep us is a sense of care and security over your life. That you are secure in Christ. You are cared for. Jesus is the answer to all of our fears. He's the answer to every fear that you would ever experience. And in John 10, we see that he's the, the good shepherd. That he takes care of the sheep. And that no one can pluck us out of his hand. We, uh, Janelle and I's house, we've really taken some time to make our front porch kind of be our sanctuary, where we read and hang out and, and so forth. And our neighbors have this little bird nest. I talked about this a few weeks ago. And as these little birds got bigger and learned to fly, they, this particular type of bird doesn't poop in its own nest. So where do you think they like to poop? They come over to our house, let's go to the Apple Gates. And so they just, you know, poop on the furniture, the little tables and all that. And, and, um, and I have to shoo them off all the time. And so I went to Ace Hardware and I bought one of those fake hawks that's supposed to keep the birds away and keep them fearful and put it on uh, the table where they like to sit and poop. And, and I thought, okay, we cleaned up, we're going to be good. Henry the hawk will keep them away. We're gonna, everything's going to be good. So I go for a walk, and uh, I'm gone for about an hour. And I come around the corner, very stealthy, to see if they're there, looking for Henry to see if he's doing his job. And there are little birds on top of Henry, pooping on him, all over the table. And I'm like, Henry, you had one job, bro, and you did not accomplish that. But it made me think, those little birds weren't afraid of that fake hawk. They knew he was a phony. When it comes to our spiritual lives, the evil one has been defeated. He wants to induce fear in us, but all authority is in the person of Jesus Christ. And when you walk with Jesus, you're walking in his authority. You're walking in his power. We don't have to fear anything. Jesus defeated, he defeated death, he defeated the evil one, 
and he nailed sin to the cross. So the evil one is just like a terrorist anymore, just trying to induce fear. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Make his face shine upon you. What does, does that mean? It means a sense of approval, of worth, and identity. When the Lord makes his face shine upon you, he gives you this sense of approval that God loves me, that I have worth because I'm his, and that I find my identity in him. Every person ever created is trying to find a sense of approval, of worth, and identity. People find it in, in, in their race, their sexuality, their jobs, their money, their this, their that. And we're all guilty of it. But Jesus wants us to find our sense of approval and worth and identity in him and who he says we are. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Each one of us was created by God with two needs, two God-given needs that only he can meet. He created us with these two needs, and if we try to get these needs met outside of him, we're going to find ourselves empty. If we try to find it in people or stuff or whatever, we're going to be empty. And those needs are, first of all, security. And the need of security is to know that you're loved unconditionally. Do you know that you're loved unconditionally by God? You don't have to perform for God to love you. He loves you because he created you, and he redeemed you and gave us Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The other need is the need of significance. And the need of significance is to know that, you know what? Your life counts. Your life matters. Your life has a purpose. You can impact other people's lives by being kind and good and prayer and all kinds of things that you can do to have impact. So Jesus gives us that security and he gives us significance. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. Be gracious, be gracious to you. What does it mean for God to be gracious to us? Well, it means a sense of unmerited favor. That you have God's unmerited favor on your life because of Jesus. Jesus is the favor of God on your life. He is the favor of God on your life. The Apostle John says that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth were realized through, through Jesus Christ. Do you know you have the favor of God on your life because of Jesus? We need to live in that. We need to believe that. We need to receive that. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and the Lord turn his face toward you. The Lord turn his face toward you. Facial expressions impact us um, you know, without saying anything. Moms have that look at their kids when they know they're messing up, right? <laughs> like, oh, mom just gave me that look. And, but it's the power of, of, of you can tell someone's how they're feeling by their countenance on their face, their facial expressions, whether it's happy, joyful, sad, depressed, ticked off, whatever it is, you can tell by a facial expression. The Lord Turn his face toward you. You know what that means? That means the smile of the Father is upon us. 
just the way a good father smiles at their kid. And that countenance builds that child's self-esteem and builds an understanding of worth. Jesus is the smile of God upon our life. In John 14, 12, Jesus told his disciples something amazing. That if you don't really stop and, and meditate on it, you'll blow by it. He told his disciples, he said, on that day, and the day he was referring to was the day of Pentecost when he was going to pour out the Holy Spirit. He said, on that day, you will know that I am in the Father and that I am in you and that you are in me. What he means by that is, and that when we, you read the word adoption in Scripture, to, to be adopted is that Jesus brought us into his very relationship with his Father. Like we're in that relationship. The relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is an eternal relationship. It's a perfect relationship. It's others-centered. It's perfect love. And he brought us not into something like it, but his very relationship with the Father. How secure can we be if we're in the relationship between the Father and the Son? This eternal relationship it blows my mind. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. Put his countenance on you and give you peace. Give you peace. Peace is the absence of strife. The absence of strife with God, yourself, and with others. You're at peace when you don't have strife in your life. Jesus tells us, peace I leave you. Whose peace? My peace. His peace. He's left with us. And I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. How many times do we read that over and over, both in Old and New Testament? Don't be afraid. Fear not. Be courageous. But his peace, not the world's peace, is based on circumstances. If everything's going my way and going good, yeah, I'm at peace. But when life gets chaotic, we lose that sense of peace. But it's the peace of Christ that transcends our circumstances, that guards our hearts and our minds. I wonder today, as I was praying earlier, where are you not at peace? Is there, do you have a sense of peace with God? Do you have a sense of peace with yourself, inner peace? And is there a lack of peace with others? Possibly. Let the blessing of his peace rest on you. I had the privilege of doing my cousin Sharon's memorial this past Friday. And... Uh, she wasn't a super religious person or anything, which is good. None of us, we don't need to be religious. We're in a relationship with God. But she definitely passed from this world. She just turned 57. She had uh, terminal brain cancer. And I shared with the family and friends something that I, I learned years ago from a mentor of mine that you know, cancer sucks, right? Let's just be honest. But cancer lets you say goodbye, whereas you know, something that's quick and sudden, an accident, you, you, you never have any closure. 
And her, her husband and family got to spend time taking care of her and, and, and reminiscing. And it was a beautiful, beautiful memorial. And here's what I walked away with. She definitely left this world at peace with God. She trusted Jesus. My brother actually baptized her a couple weeks ago. And she had said, you know, I believe and I'm trusting Jesus, but I've never been baptized. And um, she was, he was like, well, we can do it now. And she was like, well, do you want to go up to the bathtub? Like, what are you talking about? And uh, he just poured some water on her. It's not the mode of baptism that matters. It's the heart that she wanted there. So I know she was at peace with God. I know she was at peace with herself. She had loved well, man. She had a legacy of kids and grandkids and people that she had loved well. And she was at peace with others. There was a few people in her life that as she was sick and heading towards going home to be with the Lord that they came and ironed out any unfinished business that they had. So she passed from this world without you know, having peace with others. Jesus wants that for all of us. To be, he is our peace with God. He is our inner peace. And he is how we have peace with others. The Apostle Paul says, live at peace with all people as far as it depends on you. You can't control other people's uh, attitudes and unforgiveness or whatever, but you get to control yourself. And you are responsible for that. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. God's telling Moses, here's what I want you to, to tell, how, tell Aaron how to bless the people. And then here's going to be the result. I will put my name on them and I will bless them. You know what I see from that is, is we're to pass on the blessing. We're to pass on the blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. Ephesians 1.3, again, spiritual billionaires, you have everything you need for life and godliness. Pass it on. Pass it on to your family, to your friends, to your community, to your church family. You've been blessed to be a blessing. How do we bless? First of all, we bless with our words. The way we speak, kind words, encouraging words, truthful words are a blessing, even though they hurt sometimes. How we pray, pray out loud for one another. That's a blessing to hear people pray over you. Proverbs 18.21 says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit, you choose. Solomon writes a lot about um, the power of our words and the power of the tongue. Uh, James, Jesus' half-brother, talks a lot about the power of our words that they can, it can destroy or it can build up. When Janelle and I were um, visiting Chase, our oldest, a couple weeks ago, um, we were at the beach and there was a parking lot. And I was close enough to hear this dad and his family get out of their car car and this little boy maybe he's probably five or six years old and how many know five and six year old boys can be fairly mischievous right <laughs> cheeky little fella and he did something like threw a rock at, at a car next to him which you shouldn't do right but the way he handled it he goes 
you idiot. What are you doing? And I just cringed on the inside. And I get it. Like, don't throw rocks at a car. But there's a lot better way to discipline your kid than to call him an idiot. And those little types of things, man, can build up over a time of a childhood that's played out as an adult where you think you're an idiot or you're a loser or you're no good or you're worthless. Those messages get tucked away in the depths of our heart. We need Jesus to free us. We need Jesus to free us from those things. I'd say this real quick, dads. If you're a dad or a grandpa, I love John Eldridge, the wild at heart uh, author. He gives two pieces of advice for dads. Dads to sons. Your son needs to hear from you, dad, that you got what it takes. Or your grandson needs to hear, son, you got this. You can do this. To, to have that encouragement. And then he says that, da- that dads to their daughters need to hear, you're lovely and lovable. You are lovely and lovable. Send those messages to your kids. That's dad 101. And it's the truth. And then we bless with our actions. We bless with our actions. There's many scriptures we could pull together on love being an action word, but probably love your neighbor as yourself is the one that summarizes all of these words about love in action. Love is not a feeling. Love is something we do. It's, it's something in action. And as I was thinking about well, what verse or whatever, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to put the three words up here that we talk about a lot, time, talent, and treasure. Those three things are action things that we can do to express blessing to others. When it comes to our time, are the people you love getting the very best of your time? Are you organizing your life around making sure the people that you love are getting the best of your time? Is your, is your, your family, your friends, you know, your, your home group, your church? And then is, are you using your talent to be a blessing to others? We've, we've been given talents and gifts to bless others. And then your treasure, your money and your stuff, your material things that that God has blessed you with. You bless others by being generous and living a generous life. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, you know, when it comes to generosity, it's, it's it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. It's that as a follower of Jesus, I'm going to sacrifice and follow his example. So what are the things that are most important to Jesus, and am I generously giving into those things? And the first thing I thought of was the church. Jesus loves his church. He said he's going to build his church, and the gates of hell can't stand against it. His church is made up of the local church, like Novation and many others. And if you call Novation your home church, I'm asking you for your benefit. Be generous. The church depends upon the giving of our family to complete our mission. And our mission is not done. There's many things that God still has for us to do. And I look around this room and I see the lives that have been changed, the relationships. It's not time to pull back. It's not time to pull back. Jesus, what's most important to him is the poor. 
those that uh, are the least of these. He wants us to be generous. And then to global missions. He wants the gospel to continue to go throughout the world. And we need to be generous to the church, generous to the poor, and the least of these, and generous to his work worldwide. When we were in the DR last January, um, Kiko, our missionary partner, he works for a ministry called Handfuls of Hope, and I was so impressed with Handfuls of Hope. They have a school in a very poor area, and you know they, they raise funds. There's no government money or anything. They raise funds to take care of these kids, to make sure they get an education, to make sure they have meals and food. and. It's just powerful. And Janelle and I came home. We were like, man, we're adopting one of these little students. We give like 45 bucks a month and make sure this little girl has three meals a day and getting educated and, and they can take care of her. And that's on the heart of God is his church, the least of these, and that the gospel goes throughout the world. And then last way we bless is we bless those who mistreat us. we good at that? Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Kidding me, Jesus? Like, again, think about that for a second. You get mistreated. You get betrayed. You're supposed to render a blessing back to them and pray for them? He says, yeah, that's what I do every day. And we're, I'm, I'm making you like me. Now, I know I got a long way to go. I'm not, I don't go looking for fights, but if it finds me, let's do this. Like, that's just the way I've always been. That's, I'm not bragging. I don't think that's a good quality. It's not a Christ-like quality. But Jesus, Peter says that when he was on the cross and they, people were yelling, uh, humiliating things to him, it says he didn't retaliate. Instead, he entrusted himself to his father. Sometimes we think, well, well, what about this, man? Is, am I really supposed to pray for this person after they've done this to me? <laughs> yeah. Here's the deal. You know you have forgiven someone when you can pray for them. If someone's mistreated you and you're able to pray blessing on them, ask God to open their mind and their heart, then I know and you know that you've forgiven them. And then lastly, pray the blessing. Pray this blessing over your family, your spouse, this church, um, your family, your friends. When Jesus uh, was, after he died and was resurrected, and he spent those 40 days appearing to people, right before he went back to his father, it says this, and he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. I know as the true high priest, he was praying, may the Lord bless you and keep you over his disciples. He was praying his priestly blessing over them. Pray over your kids. Pray over each other. We're going to take communion this morning. And as we're gathering the, the, the elements, we're going to sing the blessing. And I pray that as we sing the blessing, as we prepare to take communion, that and you'd sense the blessing of God upon your life, the favor of, of the Lord, which is Jesus.
and that you'd be able to release things that are robbing your peace today and that you would have a, a heart of gratitude. I know working on this all week, man, it's, it's powerful. An ancient prayer, an ancient blessing that's amazing still today. Father, as we move into communion, I pray for our hearts to be moved. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us. I pray for everyone in this room, Lord, if, if anyone has never agreed with you that you're Savior and Lord, may they do that by faith in taking these elements and believing that you are Savior and Lord and that you have done everything to restore a relationship with the Father. And that, Father, your heart would be revealed to us. In Jesus' name.